specific context in which Paul delivers his teaching about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the specific context is the same in each one. It's that the church is the body of Christ. Now, it's really important for us just to ponder that just for a moment. In the world, in our modern day world, the church is often seen officially and legally and formally, as an organization, a religious organization. And there are certain rules and and certain government expectations and so on that we have to abide by because it's an organization. But this often clashes with the reality that in the Bible, it's not an organization, it's an organism. It's a body. And that Jesus chose this term that we are the body of Christ, or Paul chooses this term that we are the body of Christ, not using the body as a sort of an idiom, a sort of an illustration of what the church should be like, but because we are the body of Christ. That the, the, the whole point about this statement is that we stand in the world as the as a physical representation of Jesus in the world we are his body we are the ones in whom people should be able to see the father in the same way as they saw the father in Jesus and and the gifts of the spirit All the gifts in each of the lists, uh, three lists, all of those gifts can be seen as characteristics of Jesus himself. And as we study the Gospels, as we read through the Gospels, we will discover over and over again these gifts being demonstrated. Paul in Ephesians 4 pulls these gifts into five um, headings. We sometimes call them the grace gifts to the church because of the way Paul talks about these being gifts of grace and given by the generosity of Jesus. So he he pulls these together as categories under which we can fully understand all the gifts that he gives to the church. Now, because we are his body, he has gifted us with those characteristics so that we might reflect Christ to the world. Now, as by way of illustration this morning, I want to take you to a very, very well-known 
Bible story in which if you look at this story and look very specifically at Jesus in this story, you will see him manifesting these five gifts listed here in Ephesians. Uh, Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. You're going to see them all. Jesus is on his way to Galilee. He's on an apostolic journey. He's going there to preach the gospel and to heal the sick. And on the way, he stops at a well in Samaria. And he sits on the well. And while he is there, a lady comes and she is getting water for her own needs out of this well. Now, Jesus crosses two boundaries that in those days, no self-respecting rabbi would cross. He spoke to a woman and he spoke to a Samaritan. One of the things I understand about the gift of the apostle in the church is that it enables us to cross boundaries hitherto never crossed in order to further the kingdom of God. Jesus does this in all sorts of ways. But then he starts to speak to her. And as he speaks to her, he speaks prophetically into her life. He tells her about the fact that the day is coming when people will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, not in the mountain, not in the temple, but in spirit and in truth. He speaks prophetically. He also speaks prophetically in that he discloses her life and he exposes the journey that she is on. He speaks to her pastorally and encourages her to see that she too uh, can uh, know the Father. And he talks to her evangelistically and tells her that he is the water of life. So we have a picture of Jesus exercising these five gifts. Now, I want you to imagine in your mind that it wasn't Jesus at the well, but it was a group of Christians, and they've established a fellowship by the well in Samaria. How would they have done this, seeing that it's made up of a, the fellowship is made up of a group of people. This is the body, if you like, and they're going to function with the gifts that God has given them. Well, there would be some people in that fellowship who were very ready to cross hitherto uncrossed boundaries in order to further the kingdom of God. And they would have been encouraging the rest of the church. This is what we must do. We must break out of our bubble and we must reach out to these Samaritans here in this village. Some of them would have been thinking pastorally, thinking about caring for this woman who has opened up her heart to Jesus. And, and they would have done exactly what Jesus did and told her about the love of God. And there would be the others who would have been thinking evangelistically and they would have been presenting the gospel and talking about the living water that this woman could have if she believed in Jesus. And there'd be others who would be about teaching and wanting to teach her that this is what the prophets have taught about in the past. And so in the picture of Jesus, we see him exercising the five 
gifts. In the church, we see them doing the same thing, but coming from different people within the body. Now, this is God's plan. He has placed churches all over the world. Churches are, are local expressions of the body of Christ. Monty is a local expression of the body of Christ in Montmorency. He has given gifts of grace to every person in your fellowship. Every person who loves the Lord has been, has received a gift of the Spirit. You understand that? It's really important that you understand that. As you are watching me right now, you have a gift from God specifically given to you for the purpose of enabling the church and particularly the local expression of the body of Christ that you belong to, enabling you to be the church in the community. Now, there are two two functions of these gifts. One is for the health and the growth of the church. Paul says that the, the, the gifts are given in order that the church might grow into maturity and they might be known for their unity and for their love, which is very special. So it's about the health of the church. The, the second purpose they're given for is for the growth of the kingdom of God. Jesus com- commanded his disciples to go into the world and to make disciples of every nation. That's our task. That's our mission ch- statement. A local church doesn't need any other mission statement than that. But in order for us to achieve that, if Paul says that the gifts are given to equip the church for ministry. So these gifts, these characteristics of Jesus, graciously, supernaturally given to us by God, are for the building up of the church and the building up of the kingdom of God. Jesus only had one thought when he was sending the disciples out to, 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 to build the church. And that was not the church per se, but the kingdom. He was concerned about the kingdom of heaven. The church exists. The body of Christ on earth exists for the kingdom of heaven. It's very, very important for us. To understand well, we don't exist to, to drive particular philosophical or doctrinal things. We are here to build the kingdom of God. We've been given gifts. We have been given the Holy Spirit. We've been given the word of God. And, and this is to enable us to be his body on earth. The second question we need to answer is how do you know what gift you've got? How do you discover what gift you have uh, as, as a member of the body of Christ? Well, ideally, ideally, the way it should happen is that someone in your fellowship should be able to affirm the gift that you have got. Let me tell you a, a personal story. When, when I became a Christian at 17, I, I, we belonged to a, a little Methodist, started going to a little Methodist church in Woolamai down near Wonthaggy, a farming community. 
I knew almost immediately after I was converted that God had called me to preach. I don't know, I don't know whether that sounds audacious or, or not, but I just did. At 17, I knew that God had not just saved me, but he put his hand on me to preach. And, and I didn't have anyone to preach to. So I used to preach to the cows. When I used to bring them up to the shed, I'd be preaching my heart out and the latest text that I'd happen to get excited about. But the wonderful thing about it in our church was that there were a number of farmers who were local preachers. That is, they were often used to preach at the church services. They would go to other services around the area as well. And one of them in particular took me under his wing and he used to take me to these services and he would encourage me to speak and he would say, I want you to do a five-minute sermon and he would tell me what the theme was and I'd have to prepare this five-minute sermon. And then I would get up and I would begin to speak and uh, then um, as the five minutes got closer, if I wasn't finished, He would step up, put his arm around my shoulder and he'd look at the congregation and he'd say, isn't it wonderful how these young men are preaching the gospel? And while he was saying that, he'd be ushering you off the stage (laughs) so he could get on with the rest of the service. But I I am just so grateful for somebody who mentored and challenged and encouraged and, and, and saw my gift in me. Now, That really should be happening in every Christian fellowship. Men and women who know what their gifts are should be sensitive and and recognizing the gifts in other people and going to them and saying, I I see you having this gift. Now, that doesn't mean necessarily they have. It just means that it, it begins to encourage the people to look and see whether that gift is real. I, I can think of many occasions as a pastor when God moved me to say to young people in particular, I, I, I want to encourage you. I think you have this particular gift. I think of one young woman who uh, took communion in our church a while back, and, uh, and I went to her and said, uh, I, I think you have a wonderful gift for communicating the gospel. I want to tell you, she's a youth pastor today. She is a youth pastor in our church today because she, somebody encouraged her to pursue her gift. I probably wasn't the only one. There would have been others who would have done that as well. So ideally, the church helps the church recognize their gifts and, and the leadership of churches help equip people with their gifts. I, I can imagine that at Monty you've got a number of leadership teams. You've got your eldership team, you've got your youth leadership team, you've got your children's ministry team, you may have a, 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 a elderly Christian's ministry team, whatever it is you've got. And I'd imagine that these ministry teams meet from time to time. Can you imagine the power of having an agenda item on every leaders meeting that's that said leaders report on their discipleship activities and their gift recognition activities during this last month. 
Just imagine that. We would be, be held accountable to raise up men and women, new Christians, identifying their gift, helping them identifying it, helping them develop it, giving them training and mentoring and experience to get them out there doing the job that God has called the church to be. So if it's a gift of wisdom, we we share it with others in order to help them be what God intended them to be so that they can help the church to be the body of Christ. So the second question is, if that doesn't happen, if nobody comes to you and says, I see that you have this gift, how would you then find it? Well, one of the ways that sounds a little bit lighthearted, but stay with me because this is really important. One of the ways I encourage people to recognize a gift is to ask themselves the question, when I am sitting in church on a Sunday morning, what frustrates me? <laughs> you might think that sounds a negative way to approach it, but can you imagine a person sitting in a church on a Sunday morning thinking, you know, I shouldn't really be here. I should be down at the farmer's market handing out tracts, sharing Christ, offering to pray for people. If that is a person's heart, if that's what is happening in their life, it is very possible that they have the gift of evangelism, don't you think? Or or maybe you're sitting there or somebody sits there and they look around the congregation and they're looking to see who's missing, who's not there, who, who hasn't arrived this morning, wondering where they are and how they are. I'm making a mental note to follow them up and to pray for them. Or maybe you've sat in church and, and, and you've been frustrated because the organization's been a bit slack. I wonder what gift you might have, uh, if, if, if you're thinking about management and planning and so on. Or maybe you just love to get into the word and you love to share the word with other people and you've never done it publicly, but God, may be saying to you today, you have the gift of teaching. Always, always, it's important to be able to talk to people about what you think God is showing you so that you can have people alongside you who mentor you. A few years ago, we were helping out in a country church and we were talking to the elders in that church about the fact that they were spiritual leaders and they had a, a, a primary task of equipping the church for ministry. So we sat and we identified the gifts that the elders had and some of them had never done that before. Some of them had never asked, what is the gift that God has given to me? But we did that. It was very, very helpful and very inspiring. And then we talked about looking into the congregation and finding people with similar gifts and getting along beside them and mentoring them and encouraging them and equipping them. One dear man who was an elder in their church said to me after the meeting, Graham, I didn't sign up for that. I said, well, what did you sign up for when you became an elder? He said, well, to be honest, I signed up to be an elder, to administer the church and to keep my eye on the minister and make sure that he stays in line. <laughs> and uh, so I 
I, I encouraged him not to resign. I encouraged him to stay on the eldership and develop the skills of mentoring and encouraging other young men in the ministry and men and women in the ministry. That's our task. That is our task, brothers and sisters, in leadership and in, in fellowship is to help each other develop and use the gifts we have. Now, not every wonderful thing happens in church, does it? It happens out there in the community. The church on a Sunday is the church gathered, but the church every other day of the week is the church scattered. And so when you go into your workplace, you take Christ with you into that workplace. You take that specific gift that God has given you into that workplace and you are, you are using that and expressing that to the blessing of other people as part of the body of Christ. You're no less part of the body because you're the only one in the building who is a Christian. You are part of the body scattered in the community. It is so important that we learn how to be and that we practice how to be Christ in every place. In every place that he puts us, we are representative of Jesus. And men and women should see in our words, in our actions, in our behaviours, a reflection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in that way, we build up the kingdom. That's why not all the gifts that are listed here are talking gifts. They're not all about things we say. They're often about things we do. They're often about the attitudes that drive our lives. So I want to encourage you today, but I want to challenge you too. You are a part, individually, part of the body of Christ. Monty is a local expression of the body of Christ across the world. And you're the local expression right there in Montmorency. You have been given gifts in order that as the church, you might be powerful for God as Christ was powerful for God. You are indwelt and empowered by the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you something as I finish that might might boggle your mind a little bit, but I want you to ponder this. When Jesus came to earth as a baby, it looked very ordinary, but it was a supernatural intervention of God in the history of humankind, wasn't it? God becoming human was a supernatural act. The Bible tells us when we become the children of God, that is also a supernatural act. That it's not by human birth that we become children of God, but it's by spiritual birth that is supernatural. When Jesus rose from the dead, that was a supernatural event. When we rose with him into life, that was a supernatural event. We are the result of the supernatural work of God. When God sent his Holy Spirit 
the third person of the Trinity, God as spirit, into our lives, to live in our lives, that was a supernatural event. God did that, not in a human way, but in a supernatural way. And when that Holy Spirit dwelling in us helps us to bear fruit in our lives and gives us the gifts to use for the building of the kingdom, that also is a supernatural act. This is a God at work. This is not man at work. This is not an organization at work. This is an organism. This is a divine organism. This is God in Christ through the spirit working in us. I don't know about you, but I, I, my heart's beating fast right now. I am really excited about, about just verbalizing that. We've got to break out of this sense that we are some sort of religious minority in our suburb. We are the personification of, the representation of Jesus Christ in the world. He is in us. He is in us, doing in us what he wants to do in the world. I want to suggest that as we come to the end of the service, we might just just pray about that. I would like to pray that God would reveal to you, if you don't know already, what is the gift that you are to the church right now, that he has given you a gift that you bring into the body. And I'm, I want to pray that if you never recognize that, that you, you will today. I want to pray too that, that if you have recognized it, but you haven't developed it, you haven't worked at it, you haven't practiced it, you, you haven't taken the opportunities to use it, that God will, will show you that the urgency of doing that, the urgency of doing that. And then finally, I want to pray that if you know what your gift is and that you are using your gift, that you will be encouraged and affirmed in that by the Spirit of God and through the Word of God and also through the fellowship in which you are in. So so let me pray. Father, I want to thank you for Monty Fellowship. I want to thank you that they are the local expression of Christ in Montmorency. I want to thank you that you have saved them, that you have adopted them as your children, that you have filled them with your Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, that you are bearing the fruits of the fruit of the Spirit in their lives and that you have given them gifts to use for the building of the kingdom. I want to pray today for any person, any young Christian or older Christian who does not know what their gift is. Lord, at this moment, give them a thirst, a hunger to know what gift it is that you have given to them. Whatever that gift is, whether it's a upfront one or a behind the, 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 the work sort of one, whatever it is, Lord, that they might know what it is, that they may know that it is important, that they may know that you will honor them if they, in using that gift for you, to build the kingdom of God. I want to pray for those who know what the gift is but are not using it. Whatever, for whatever reason, they have ceased to use your gift. And I want to pray, Father, that you will heal them, release them, empower them to do exactly that. 
And Lord, I pray too for those who exercise their gifts, who lead and preach and and use words of wisdom and help others and support and pastor and care and love and are using the gifts that you have given them to build up the church and to build up the kingdom. I thank you for them and pray that you will continue to honour and bless them in all that they do. Lord, we thank you for your plan. We thank you for your perfect plan. And we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.